Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Hello and welcome back to the Trail Manners podcast. This is episode 20. Today, we're going to be talking with Canis Hart from Park City Running Company. So if this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get after it. Okay, welcome back to the Trail Manners podcast. Once again, Park City Running Company. We got Joel Hatch. Joel, we have a new guest at the table. We do. Why don't you go ahead and introduce him? The owner, founder, visionary, Canis, is here with us today. Thank you very much for letting us come up and do not one but two shows from your store. No, we're happy to have you guys anytime. Yeah, so we just wrapped up a show with a very special young lady. Suzanne Lewis. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to that episode. I think you're going to get a lot of great information from it. She was awesome to have. And so now the table has been set, literally, for Canis. <laughs> That's so right. So here we go. So we got a we got a good show for it. So, yeah, again, thanks for letting us come up here. This is such an amazing location. It is. It's, it's a rocking store. This is so awesome. And there will be some photos. I had to take some photos because this place is amazing. And you did a lot of the work yourself, as we just talked about. Yeah, I think one of the things that helped us... Um, but it kind of helps you on cost, you know, but that wasn't really sort of the motivator. We were just trying to get the store open as quick as possible. And so uh, when we took, we got our keys, you know, we, uh, it was uh, March 1st and we show up here, or actually not we, it's me by myself on March 1st. <laughs> and uh, so I show up here and like 6 a.m. and I'm just looking at a, a place that used to be a, um, at that time it was a sun uh, tanning bed salon. Nice. So all these private cubbies and rooms and lots of just electrical and there's water fountains and bob wire <laughs> hanging on the walls and stuff. But um, the nice thing about doing the work yourself is, you know, you can get here at 6 in the morning and stay till 2 in the morning, and there's no one to stop you, and you just kind of keep going every day. And then a, um, uh, it was kind of funny. is actually in the beginning a few people, as the word was kind of getting out that the store was going to happen, and I think you know how it is in the sort of running community, especially in the trail running community. It's pretty tight-knit. So, like, people started, like, calling me, like, out of the blue. They had heard about it and offered to help. But usually, you know, they had the best of intentions, but they'd show up, they'd hang out for like, oh, I don't know, an hour or two, chit-chatting, and then they'd leave. <laughs> and I'd be like, you know, I just lost a couple hours. I'm like, oh, come on. And uh, a good buddy of mine who actually is now one of my partners in the store, uh, Dominic Layfield, uh, one day Dom says, hey, you know, can I come up and help you? And I was a little bit nervous, you know, like, oh, maybe this is going to be one of those 
couple Chat hours sessions. and then yeah and i'm like well yeah you know i'll be there six in the morning and i'll be there all day so anytime you want to show up and i i mean i wouldn't even leave for lunch i would just maybe walk down to the restaurant next to us grab something and bring it back but dom shows up at uh, i don't know like seven in the morning and he's got like work clothes on knee pads a tool belt and i just remember as the door opened he came in that i didn't say it but it was definitely like as i sort of saw what how he was dressed I was like all right he's here to work <laughs> we're gonna get this done and then for the most part from that on it was just dom and i and you know, it's funny how a little bit like when we're all training for uh, runs and races and stuff, it was the same way with like tearing down the store. Like if I got here before Dom, I wanted to try to like get as much progress done as I could before he got here so that he'd walk in and you'd have that one moment of like, wow, you made some progress. Yeah, or, you did something. Yeah, nice. you got a wall down, you know. <laughs> but yeah, and then there is like classic moments, uh, you know, when I'm here by myself at one in the morning with a 40 foot ladder painting the walls and uh you realize that it's a dusty cement floor underneath you and my entire emergency plan is just to keep my cell phone close so I might be able to dial 911 if I couldn't get up. So, On the way down, just yeah. hit redial real right. quick. I know, you're just like thinking like, how could, this is really wrong. But you know, and, and the best part was actually we ended up going from walking in, unlocking the doors, uh, tearing down walls and painting and building and electricians and everything that goes in, you know, the plumbers and drywall and all that stuff. But uh, we had sign off from the county to, uh, that we had our change of occupancy certificate, meaning we could actually start selling stuff because we had the business license and whatnot uh, in 27 days. That's wow. impressive. And, yeah, and a buddy of mine who owns the shopping center who's, uh, who kind of really set us up with the space and made all this possible, in the beginning, he's like, there's no way. He's like, you know, this is going to take you three months. Like, you're crazy to think you can do this in one month. And I'm like, no. And then you could see, like, as he would come in through this process, eventually he'd be like, like man i think you're gonna make it <laughs> you know you started believing you know at some point and then we were just so set on like you know we gotta like hit this date of 30 days to get the grand opening um or not really a grand opening we're gonna do kind of a soft launch we're gonna open it but uh, as it turned out uh, on the 27th day the county official comes signs the paperwork and it's still it's a, it's a gutted empty store at this point but some boxes had started showing up so you know we kind of felt like we were a store because in the back we knew we had some shoes back there <laughs> um, our cash register showed up that morning and like say 20 minutes after the county official had signed off on the paperwork someone knocks on the door and they say hey look you know i know you're not open but i don't really want to have to drive down to salt lake right now and i need a new pair of shoes for spring do you by chance have anything? And I'm like in the back ordering business insurance or something. My buddy Dom's like on a ladder, like putting a piece of like, just, I don't know, like you know, we're building walls still. And uh, I see Dom like going back to get some shoes. Who you know he's never sold shoes in his life, so he and that was never in the intention of you know he's just happy to be helping out. To, you know, like I think it's like a, there's a nice local feel where people just wanted to have their own running store. So yeah. he's just he's pitching in probably more for that reason. But I'm like um, back there. I, the one chair we have in here is like the, an office chair, and I like roll it out into this empty room of a floor on the cement floor <laughs> and uh, I literally go and I open up the boxes to find the register components which is an iPad these days and um, 20 minutes later we had our first sale nice. Nice. Well, there's something to say when you walk into a running store and the guy helping you has got a tool belt and knee pads and uh, you know, hard hat on <laughs> yeah, yeah right we're serious about it <laughs> you know you're going to get the right gear yeah no we've been really blessed you know it was um, you know going back like yeah, in the beginning, you know, a lot of people came to help and uh, would hang out a little bit and just get excited about kind of the idea. But uh, on a more serious note, the Wasatch Mountain Wranglers, which is, you yeah. know, a group we're all a part of and, you know, really passionate about, um, 
you can imagine, uh, I don't know, just imagine a 2,000 square foot place full of walls and a nice pile of dust and debris and all the electrical cables and steel. And so we ended up, you know, having to get one of those like massive dumpsters and I had to get all this debris out of here. Oh, and yeah. It's been by myself. And it's one thing to tear down walls by yourself and make a mess is another thing to like haul Clean it all in there. Right. Yeah. And so um, I think it was about 15 of our uh, Wranglers showed up and uh, it really made pretty light work of it. I think everybody hauled everything away. We recycled everything. We had all the metal off in one pile in a separate bin, the debris in another one. But like in an hour or two, we had everything uh, cleaned up. And so truthfully, I, I always think of it really not as you know, my store or our store, but it's, it's really a community store, and that's always been our focus. Well, and it's kind of, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record if someone listens to more than one show a day, <laughs> but uh, it kind of, to me, goes back to that same feel, and I'm going to play on the trail runner side because yeah. that's where I like to play, but that's just the community. You know, I mean, that's what they like to do. They, they're they a part of something. And kind of your whole explanation of opening this store kind of me sound like a 100-mile race yep. where it's like, no, you're not going to get there. Oh, you're getting closer, and yeah. then you're just dialed in to hit that date, right, and then right. boom, it's you know you're there. So, and and again, we're reached. You know, the Wrangler's name came up again, and what they've done. I mean, you, you know, I'm gonna skip ahead because it's probably right here. But there was a uh, incident a few months ago um, with a lost runner, and this became literally a hub for yep. um, people to find out more what was going on with search and rescue, volunteering. I know I put my information on the Park City yep. Running Company site. So, mm-hmm. I mean. It is. It's a community. It is your store, you know, you and Dom's, but, it, you know, people, I think, feel a part of it. Yeah, and, it, you know, that was our hope. <clears throat> you know, we've, um, I mean, I just really feel fortunate. It, it, and, and to get into the how we get to, in this case, it was Stephen Jones when he uh, was caught yep. in an avalanche. Um, you know, we've now celebrated birthdays and with Stephen's wake and uh, a, a pretty wide range of things. But our focus, really, I mean, and it still is. I've, I've, I've said it to the entire team, and I'll say it to the end. Like, all we have to do is take care of runners as runners ourselves and provide great service. And if we do that, I think good things going to happen. And I keep telling everybody, look, I'll worry about all the office stuff and, you know, all that uh, non-exciting, you know, not really sexy, like uh, paying bills and, you know, right. bookkeeping and all that. But I just want, if we can just take care of the running community, I think we're going to be good. And I think in today's world of retail, right, when you got big box and internet and all these things, if you're going to be a specialty retail store, you know, in this case, kind of a mom-and-pop style store, then you have to be part of the community if you're really going to make it. And in the case of Stephen, uh, it was particularly heartbreaking. Um, Stephen is a great person, obviously, um, but he was also here five days a week. So uh, Stephen worked from home, and so he'd come down here to get his, he'd get a 20-ounce, you know, mocha latte, like, every day. Like, I think we were his break. You know, he'd get away from the house, and he'd come down here. So Gentleman, uh, one of our employees, Gentleman, who I, I know has been on your show, and myself, and a few of us, we'd basically be chatting with Stephen, like, an hour a day, five days a week. Wow. And then, and then you know, you go on these group runs that we do on the weekends, and so now you're running with people. And if you think uh, about what you do with your friends, you know, you hang out, and you talk, and you may go running with each other. And that's, you know, why the people that come to our store on a regular basis and someone like Steven, it's not a customer. He's just a really, really good friend. And then when this happened, um, you know, I mean, it's just heartbreaking. You know? yeah. It's just like, you know, you're just trying to hope for the best. And, 
you know, the community, to your point, is so strongly and tight-knit that on the Wrangler Mountain, Wasatch Mountain Wrangler Facebook page, you could see people trying to rally. Like, you know, everybody's just frustrated. You just want to go help. Yeah, it's like, yeah. how do I do something? Besides sit here and yeah. wait and watch. And, and you know, for me, like, luckily, I'm at <coughs> in the Park City Rotary Club here. And uh, by chance, uh, Justin Martinez, who's the county sheriff, uh, Justin's in there with me. And Justin's a, a friend, lives across the way from the store, and he's in here. Um, so I was able to call Justin and on uh, like, you know, on the personal call, <laughs> like just sort of check in and I got a little bit of more information than they were releasing at the time. And, uh, you know, personally it gave me a great deal of comfort knowing like how serious it was. Like, I mean, how much they were, uh, the amount of resources they were putting yeah. in there. And it's tough cause you still don't want to tell everybody to stand down. But at the point that the sort of the rallying cry was going out, it was the middle of the night and, it's kind of a mountain range, a backcountry, and no one knows where to even begin. And the last thing you want to do is have, in this case, it was uh, over 70 people out searching for Steve. And you don't want to, like, suddenly flood it with 40 well, other people. and Maybe lose one of them or yeah, or but but you still don't want to sit around. You yeah. know, it's just, and so the store, um, it, we didn't get much done that whole week, uh, even after we found out that Steven had passed and had been caught in that slide. And so... Um, you know, I was just really happy that people felt comfortable enough to show up here and hang out, and um, and it was good. You know, I think it was it was good for all of us as a way to process. And you know, we still miss Stephen, and it's still unbelievable, really, at this point. But um, yeah, an interesting thing about the running community and you know the hub, and I'm just really it's separate from the reality of uh, what happened to Stephen. Um, feel just really ingratiated i guess or, or blessed that people would think of us as a place to go you yeah. know that we've kind of been able to get into that and you've been here for about a year then now yeah so actually so that was march 27th when we got that uh permit signed so we're coming up on that right now so i've been having fun uh since we rolled into march because now i keep thinking about what i was doing a year ago uh from today um we did our official opening like when we said hey we're really open we we wow, we were so bummed we really wanted to open like april 1st I guess, given that's April Fool's Day, that might not have been a good way to start, <laughs> but uh, April 3rd is when we actually opened. Okay. So April 3rd will mark our uh, first year. Nice. Doing anything special? No, no, I don't think so. You know, because, well, it depends how you look at it, I suppose. Um, there's a large uh, number of us from the store which are all off racing that weekend. So myself, uh, Dom Layfield, who we mentioned, who's one of my partners, another partner, uh, Paul Sharwell. So basically my partners are my friends that were kind of runners, and we all just pitched in together to try to make a store happen. Um, a whole bunch of us. There's about, I think it's like, uh, I don't know, I, you might remember the number too, but I think you probably have like 12 runners yeah. from the greater Utah area here going out to run the Gorge 100K, and that's April 2nd. And then, uh, so we'll be probably, oh, well, this, this might be our grand opening. All right, so now that I think about it, when I moved out here, I moved from Portland. I used to, uh, at that point, I was head of sales for Solomon uh, for all the footwear and apparel, and okay. I was uh, also the product manager for North America. But we were owned by Adidas, huh. so I lived in Portland for you know a few years uh, before coming out here. And when my wife and I moved, we thought for sure we'd be back there in like a few years. So we left uh, some stuff back there. We left actually uh, 15 cases of wine oh, in, wow. a, in a wine locker over by the Burnside Bridge. So Uh-oh. this race is uh, <laughs> us picking up 15 cases of gotcha. wine. Don't don't let DABC well, hear us. We're going to be carting all that back into the state. 
and I can't. I, I can say for sure we're picking up 15 cases of wine. <laughs> I can't attest exactly how much is making its way back here. Though. You know, I went to school in Portland, and I my school was on East Burnside, so I'm familiar with the Burnside. So I hope all your wine's still there. I hope it's in one of the good parts of Burnside. <laughs> well, you, you know, uh, since you're familiar with the area, and for people that are not, um, the East Side, which is say more industrial. Uh, this is on the east side of the bridge, but just like a block or two past the bridge. And it's this fascinating business. I won't, I won't bore everybody with all the details, but essentially they took these old industrial buildings and went in the basements. And then they converted it to its temperature controlled and wow. humidity controlled. And I think we pay like 20 bucks. We're not big collectors, mind you. This is just something that happened. But we had like 20 bucks a quarter or something to keep this there. It's like plywood lockers, like with padlocks yeah. on it. But it kind of looks like seen from Raiders of the Lost Ark now. It's like <laughs> that business has been so successful. They keep busting out walls and expanding. Putting more plywood doors up. More plywood doors. They have like the perimeter has stuff. You can get 24-hour access. All the wine stores around there like store things in there and stuff. So I know we're way off topic from a Park City Running cool. Company. But That's okay. That's usually but, where we go here. But yeah. I'm going to call that our uh, our grand, our, our sort of our year anniversary party. But in truth, uh, Jenilyn Eaton, who works for us, is going to be uh, running in the Barclay Marathons, and that starts on the second. And uh, by the third, she better still be on course and yeah, running. Right. And so our plan will be to uh, cheer her on. And, and by the fifth, she better be back behind the register, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think she's going to need a little bit of time <laughs> off. But um, we, you know, it's funny. It's like uh, because of this, the race, the gorge, where everybody's headed out. It was pretty late in the in the process. We realized that it was conflicting with the Barclay Marathon state because we actually all wanted to fly out and support her and cheer her on. So now the talk is, do we drive back from the race uh, at the Gorge out by Portland on the 3rd and everybody jump on planes and like see if we can rally there to catch her finish this thing? So uh, we haven't figured that part out yet, That'd but that cool. seems to be the that, latest talk right that now. That would be cool. So, so there may be nobody here, actually. We may just give you the worst service ever as a store because like, we're all locked. off. Yeah. We're just gone. Just yeah. give me the key. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I got no plans that day. Yeah. <laughs> so you moved here from Portland. How did this store come about? Like, when did you decide, I'm going to open a store in Park City? I mean, was it kind of a off-the-cuff thing? Was it planned? I mean, how did this plan come about? You know, it. Um, that's a good question. I, I think it. Uh, it's been evolving over time. And so uh, there's a few highlights in my past uh, that kind of maybe have led me to this moment. So I've worked on the wholesale side of the outdoor uh, sporting goods business really for the last 20 years. And when I was in college, so I'd gone off in the Marine Corps after school and I got out and I was like, all I was was like, I mean, I've always been a runner. I've run cross country, you know, in school. And, and that's just been a constant in my life. Uh, and it still is. And as you imagine having a store, but like it really has been this common thread through everything. Um, but when I was in the Marine Corps, I got into climbing. You know, I was doing high-angle rope rescue and uh, some fun stuff, trying to rescue pilots and that kind of thing. And so when I got out and was going to school, um, I started working in a climbing shop. And so I'd been around retail while going to school. I, you know, was a store, worked on the floor, was a manager, a buyer. But uh, it was really kind of my school job and, you know, and then was fortunate enough to go from there to become a sales rep for the North Face and started traveling around and, and doing that. While I was there, I realized there was this outdoor industry and there was a career there and what this could be. And then I got really lucky. These things kind of came my way and I got promoted and moved up through the ranks fairly quickly. And before you know it, I was kind of these executive roles. And by the time I come out to uh, Park City, um, I had left Solomon. We had uh, just been sold recently from Adidas to Amher Sporting Goods. Uh, ironically, you know, uh, Solomon is now here in, uh, you know, Utah. But Ogden, the, Utah. Yeah, in Ogden. <laughs> we didn't know at the time, like, where we'd end up. In fact, they were looking, speaking of Par Portland, we were looking over on the east side there at some buildings to kind of create what exists in Ogden now uh, out there. 
But I had been offered this job as the vice president of sales and marketing for all the footwear and apparel for Rosneel. Oh, okay. Owned by Quicksilver. So, you know, here's this chance, right? Move to a ski town, real job, you know, like uh, life was pretty good for me at Rosneel and Solomon, it seemed to be as well. You know, I basically was in France every month, every other month, just working. And, um, but apparel, uh, even though Quicksilver owned Rosneel, it just wasn't working for them um, across the board. And so the decision was to license it all out. And so I left and started a water bottle company uh, called Waterbox, height of the BPA scare. It, it wasn't like I was hope, pining away to be the water bottle king of, you know, Park City at that point. But, <laughs> but it happened. It was like this opportunity that fell in my lap, and then we just rolled with it and um, eventually sold that to Nathan Sports. And it's kind of a long-winded way to get wow. to how we opened a store. But when I sold the, uh, the business to Nathan Sports uh, as part of the contract, um, I had to be their uh, vice president of licensing and innovation. Uh, which is a cool job because I licensed brands. So I was making Skechers products. We we're making Adidas products, New Balance. But I was also traveling to China and working in factories on uh, products people know now. You know, a lot of all the, not all, uh, product is always evolving. But most of the molded bottles and handhelds, um, some of the vests and packs from Nathan, I was a part of either leading on some of the innovation or just a part of the team. Uh, all the LED light accessories, I launched that program for oh, nice. um, uh Jim Frazier, who's the VP of product over there, uh, the handheld lights that they have now and the headlights. That was really, he's the guy who brought all that to fruition. I'm just, but I was the guy who like penned it all out and was like, hey, you know, we can do this as a brand and, and whatnot. And so, and this is still getting back to how I open a stores. While I'm doing that, we're meeting with retailers. You know, we're meeting with these retail advisory groups. And I met a gentleman uh, Chris, who's got a running store up in uh, north of Chicago, but Chris had been an Adidas sales rep. And so I was always curious, like, what was that like, you know, having been on the wholesale side and now having a retail store? Because, you know, when you're on the floor and you're helping people, like, you know, when you're at a running store, really what you're engaging with every day is people like, hey, I'm getting back into running, or hey, I've got this great race, or something. It's always like to the positive, you know, they or they may have some sort of injury and they're trying to figure out how to get through it. But you don't get anybody that comes in and goes, ah, oh, darn it, I got to run. You know, like yeah. everybody's like super I psyched. Have to do this. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they, you know, they're, and they may not consider themselves a runner. And you know how it is with runners. Like everybody's afraid of being the slow one or something like that. So you get a lot of that. But it was great to talk to Chris and to find out. So I'd always been thinking about it. And uh, when I left uh, Nathan, I had a non compete clause. And so I couldn't work for a little while, uh, which was great at first. You know, you're just like, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm forced not to work for a little bit. But uh, we didn't have a running store in Park City, and that just seemed crazy to me. We had some people try, um, but they were kind of half starts. We had one most recently, ZB Sports, which um, uh, Wendy Halliday, who was the, the manager of it, is uh, by all accounts, everybody just raves about her, says yeah. she's doing a great job. And um, what had happened, though, was the actual the person who owned it was trying to become like a dot-com play like he wanted to be like oh. the next Zappos of running shoes so when that business as a whole went out and the running store here was o from them was always their warehouse so it was kind of always like half in half out in that sense but uh, Wendy had been making great headway and I think the community was looking for that to happen uh, and then if you go back like way back in Park City history you know there was uh, a person who had uh, I think a couple this is like like 20 years ago you know had a store when you talk to the sales reps, uh, you know, they'll tell you that the store is actually doing kind of okay. And then I think the couple got a divorce or something and, you know, went away. But the town here in Park City, um, you know, we market it uh, outwardly as a ski town of 8,000 people. But the true population, because we have incorporated Park City and unincorporated, and it's nobody would know the difference or know what that is. So we really are kind of, we function as a town of 30,000 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we were 
can open up a Fleet Feet store, you need a minimum population of 100,000 people before you could open up a Fleet Get a Feet. franchise. Yeah, to do a franchising example. And um, so I've been thinking about it. We didn't have a store at all. I still, and I still feel this way to this day, our 30,000 people, you know, since they're so active, is the 30,000, you know, they're trying to get at with that 100,000 population number. Uh, you know, and then the other big questions are like winter, you know, like what happens here is we go to ski season. Everybody is telling me in the beginning, like I had to like start becoming a ski store in the winter or do something seasonal different. Type. Yeah, seasonal, <laughs> yeah. which which that kind of model works a little bit. You know, the old ski shops used to sell patio furniture in the summer and they'd sell skis in the winter and stuff. And I just kept saying, no, 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 no. Like we need to be running, like just running 24 seven. Like let's just be a straight up the middle, legit running store and take care of our people. And that's, uh, you know, for people that come in the store, I think one of the things that catches them, we have a fair amount of trail running, you know, yeah. paraphernalia and gear and stuff. I mean, half our shoes are trail running and nationally in the, uh, you know, running sporting goods industry, most stores would be 90 to 95% road and maybe five or 10% trail. And we're like a solid 50, 50, and so we knew there were things we could do or we thought there were things we could do that would uh, make us different. And I'm really happy to say, you know, now that we're almost a year that uh, we survived our first winter. And though it's slower in the winter than in the summer, as you would expect, um, I remember the first day it was snowing sideways and like people were buying shoes. And I was like, all right, this nice. can work. You know? <laughs> they can buy today. <laughs> yeah. But that's partly how the coffee shop came to be, too. You know, like oh, yeah. the, the coffee shop actually... Um, serves like a few purposes and for anyone who doesn't know we have uh we partner with park city coffee roasters which is a, a really cool local uh, coffee roaster here and in fact while you're doing your first show one of the owners uh rob hibble is in and uh dropping off some coffee beans yeah, and stuff. yeah but he's actually a big runner he's actually he's a sandbagger he's one of these guys uh-huh. that would like to tell you that he doesn't run very much <laughs> but uh you know but he's actually uh you know right up there in the front group on all of our runs but um so that that became kind of part of it too. Is like we had. A, I was talking about like the demoing and tearing stuff down. The one thing we did not want to tear down was this counter they built uh, in this business before us, and it's it's ridiculously big and large. And you would never design it in a modern retail store now. Not you know where like you go to the Apple store, right? They walk around with handhelds and yeah. ring you up on the go. Like that's like the cool version of modern. In our case, we have this like massive custom-built uh, railroad ties and steel and, like, cement. <laughs> like, the thing probably weighs a ton. It's really pretty. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, people really seem to like it. It's just so different than anything we would have designed. But I kept trying to figure out what to do with this massive counter that was taking up a good chunk of the space, besides the obvious thing of maybe making it your cash register. And the more I thought about it, you know, I think I was on a flight, maybe something. The more I thought about it, I was like, man, that really just feels like a coffee and juice bar. And then that, that was kind of where the idea was born from. And then uh, we met up with Rob Hibble from Park City Coffee Roasters, who showed up here one of the places like in full demo mode, you know, dust and everything. And he's helped me measure things, and he gives me my equipment list. And they provided, they gave us for free, um, I think it was 15 or 18 hours of his staff's time to train us on wow. foaming milks and making right. drinks. And he gave us our shopping list. We get supplies from uh, Park City Coffee Roasters. If Sometimes if one of us is making a Costco run, we'll grab things for each other. I mean, it's a, just the best relationship you could ever hope for. You know, it goes back to the community thing. Yeah, and then, right. You know, and it's funny, is like you go back to the community, um, our electrician, Danny Conley, you know, he's now on, so Park City Running Company has a, an official race team, and Danny's one of those uh, the racers. You know, he runs a 240 marathon. He took second cool. at Antelope Canyon 50 uh, wow. just recently, and he mm-hmm. took second at Squaw Peak 50 last year. Dang, and, he's, and he's like the new runner, and I yeah. never met him before in my life, and he's our electrician. And he's like, hey, you know, I know you're just starting off why don't we do some kind of trade for work services and stuff here? And I was like, really? You know, it's like, he just offered it. And like, that's what it's been like 
for us from the get-go. We've just been really lucky. And so, so yeah, we got this great coffee shop. And, you know, there's a part of it which is just kind of fun and cool, and there's part of it where we're, like, really, some days we feel like a real coffee shop and we're really cranking along. And then there was always that part where it's like, well, maybe in the winter, you know, if uh, things get a little slow on the shoe side. Slinging you know, the coffee. Yeah, we'll just start slinging coffees all day long. And um, it's probably not, you know, people still are, we're the novelty to be a coffee shop in a running store. But people are catching on. I mean, I'd like to think that we make decent drinks, and you know, hey, that's my, our goal. We so. had one earlier. We had dirty chais, and they were they were awesome. I thought it was delicious. In yeah. fact, if I lived closer, I'd probably work here more often just at the <laughs> counter. Eh? I know, yeah. right? Bring my laptop over here and just work out of here. Yeah, it'd be yeah. dangerous, but I'd do it. Well, we got, we do, you know, it's uh, it's runners, you know, from the valley actually come up here uh, at times and do do that. You know, like we'll see a, a good friend of ours, Ryan Delaney, who lives down yeah. in the valley. Ryan's up here all the time, like just computer out working, getting some drinks. Uh, it'd be interesting to see as we roll into the summer. You know, it's obviously more people that know about us now, and uh, you know how much that grows. We're gonna have some outdoor patio furniture and seating outside, and we have Wi-Fi, and you know, it's it's, it's kind of think normal coffee shop stuff. Yeah, just up in the front, and that's what we've got going here. And the views are great, and yep. the trails are close. So I mean, yeah. it's kind of <laughs> all you need, really. Yeah, win-win for sure. Yeah, no, it's great. You know, and uh, the funny thing is, like um, to some extent, you know. I, I think we get known a little bit for being kind of a trail running store, and we are that. I mean, it's who we all are as people. Um, but we're also all road runners. I always say all, tra- all trail runners are road runners first. You know, they usually started in road and then eventually found the trails or converted over. Uh, you don't get too many people that start on trail only, but, you know, there's some. But, That's uh, me. Yeah. That's me. Then I'm one of those. You're one of the lucky ones. I'm one, of, the, I'm one of those. <laughs> so, um, so we had to really, like, we're kind of always a little worried that, you know, we may scare people off, you know. They, they see, like, these belt buckles on the wall or something like that, and they may just think that's all we do or that's right. all we cater to. And so our group runs, um, you know, when we first started, gosh, you know, I think uh, – I think the first group run might have had like two people. Well, actually, our very first group run was a road run. We had like uh, 20 people. I think everybody just showed up. And then I think we ran too far and scared some people off. <laughs> but we do trail runs on Sunday. Too sun. far meaning like over 5K. Yeah, it was. No, right. literally, it's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think we ran six or eight miles. And right. like, that scared most everybody off. But um, <laughs> So on uh, what we do is we do a road run on Saturdays and a trail run on Sundays. And we do them at 8 o'clock you know, every time. And we try some different formulas for this. But um and we stop the road runs during the winter because, you know, there just isn't as much road or trails to run on for that group. Um, so we just consolidated the trail. But on our trail runs, one of the things we always wanted to say or have was that they're like, that when you're done, you feel like you went on a legit run. Like yeah. it wasn't just like, oh, I skipped around the parking lot for, you know, a couple hours. Like you would know that you had an adventure, you saw something fun. And then we always meet up back at the store. We host uh, for free. We always have uh, fresh um, fruit. We we get a big supply of fruit, yogurt, some, granola. Some homemade muffins I Kristen, see a lot. Kristen Stone is always, <laughs> she bakes fresh scones for us. Yeah, she has the scones in the coffee shop. And so we provide uh, scones. And now it actually was cool. So these groups now on Sundays lately have been about 15 to 20 is pretty normal. Wow. Actually for Stevens, uh, we had a run on Stevens Memorial. We had over 35. God, we did one run last summer where we... Um, you know, it was a big event. We we cherry picked a weekend and we ran from Deer Valley to the store, so it was twenty eight miles. Nice. We had forty seven people show up for that. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, that's like awesome. I, we had to scramble at the last minute to get some vans and stuff. We actually, you know, no one knew it, but behind the scenes, we were scrambling on that particular day. And like my wife remembered that my youngest daughter's daycare just bought two 15 passenger vans we borrowed those like (laughs) so we showed up looking like we actually had these really dialed in fleet vehicles and all this stuff and they were lucky to find like some cheerios stuck in the sea (laughs) yeah yeah, right right. goldfish we pulled all the car seats out exactly (laughs) actually you know what we did is uh someplace along the course we were like we we figured we wanted to provide some sort of aid for people but we purposely didn't tell anybody because we wanted everybody to show up 
with their own supplies and be responsible, you know, that they could take care of themselves. But Haley Lovesecu's employee, so Gentleman Eaton's employee 001, Haley's employee 002, and it's really cool how they came to work here, but Haley uh, is just this great energy, and she's actually a run coach and runs, like, you know, Boston and all these other marathons, and she's run some 50Ks and stuff. So fully legit, but uh, if there's anybody you want running an aid station, it's going to be Haley. So she set up about midway on that course, boom box. We had her, we were trying to figure out, like, what do you do? That would be kind of fun. I was thinking about, like, let's not do, like, a traditional aid station with, like, a little bowl of this, a little bowl of that, and a hodgepodge. So we went out and bought 15 watermelons, and we just put up a watermelon stand midway on the Mid-Mountain Trail. And uh, we had coolers of water, and we had wet towels, and Haley had music going. And we had so much watermelon, obviously, we were just giving it to cyclists. Anybody going by, you know, was getting <laughs> Take something. Some. Yeah, we're like <laughs> chucking hey. it at them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of watermelon. <laughs> but it was cool. Like, think about it, like a nice warm summer day, you know, if you're about 15 miles in on your run or 10, 12 miles in, some nice ice cold watermelon is pretty good. But so, yeah, anyways, those group runs and all of that stuff in the community has uh, really kind of been growing nicely. And so we don't always do that, but, you know, it's been fun. When you, d- you do something over here, there's some treadmills set up, yeah. and I was just yeah. watching this. You do these, I'm going to call them freaky because I couldn't do it, but you do yeah. some uphill challenge on this, right, in the store. Yeah, we had, um, actually, you know, it kind of came back to, so there's a few things going on. One of the things is we're trying to create something called Performance Lab. And, uh, you know, the vision in our mind probably would cost us several hundred thousand dollars, you know, like to go out and get all the equipment and everything we want. But it's the this idea, this concept of trying to help people become better runners, like in a true training sense, like even up to like medical grade, you know, help, like not from us, but from like staff that's, you know, certified or trained. And so if that's like the long range vision, you know, like a lot of running stores have a treadmill in it. And a lot of times it's used for gait analysis. Yeah. And I always find it... I don't know. I, th- I think it's always somewhat questionable, the use of the treadmill for gait analysis. I think with someone who's highly trained, it can be an incredible tool. But, you know, a lot of running stores will have newer people to the workforce. And so, you know, they, they do their best job they can. We use some video analysis things. So we actually purchased some equipment um, that you stand on and we, it has lighting and it allows us to see your arches. And then we can get photos and imagery of your feet. We can get images of you in different positions. And so we do a static gait analysis for the act of helping people get in the right shoes. And we use the treadmills a little bit more for like, once you've got the shoes on, we'll go watch you run in them and we'll kind of do like analysis there. And, and you can really see a difference sometimes from people trying different shoes on. And so we, you know, we're using it in that kind of traditional gait analysis sense. But we decided what we do is we go get two treadmills. We, we thought one treadmill wasn't enough. And so our good friends at Ultra hooked us up with a great deal. And we ended up with these, like, two Boston uh, 4.0 treadmills, which is, like, their best treadmills. Top of the line. So we put them side by side. And, then of course, you start thinking, well, you know, clearly what we need to do now is start drinking beer and running against each other. <laughs> That's the next step. Yeah, right? that was Natural. the next logical step, <laughs> yep. obviously. And then uh, if you get Jenlyn and I together, uh, we'll start concocting kind of crazy ideas. And so like, one of a couple of our runs have come off the idea of how can we haze a new employee or, you know, <laughs> oh what, what can we do? And, and so um, in this case, you know, we thought for our grand opening, instead of just saying, hey, come on in and, you know, like everything's on discount or something. Like we said, why don't you come on in, you run on the treadmills and you can earn discount. That's, so, that's, that's awesome. Perfect. It was, there was literally ways you could run. You could come in and like, you know, just log into your social media and say you're here and you'd get right. like some discount. Or, but if you got on there and you did one or two or three of these challenges, your discounts would ratchet up, you right. know, across the store. And it was really fun to see people like take it on. So a lot of the challenges we created are uh, the ones like you saw with the uh, the incline are left over from that. So we have one called Steady Eddie. 
Steady Eddie is uh, for a male to run a five-minute mile pace or a female to run a 5.30 pace and see how long you can go. And so okay. we have records set on how long people can hold wow. it. Which sounds like it would be, like, crazy, right? But, like, all of a sudden, like, you get, like, the cross-country team in or you oh, get yeah. some they're, of these. They're disqualified, right? Well, you <laughs> yeah. should be, right? They should I mean, be, right? Yeah, That's a different class them. level. Yeah. We, we literally now have, like, you know, uh, like the under-10 divisions. we got kids coming in now <laughs> on a pretty regular basis actually running on these things. And so and the one the kids do the most is what we did one, which is just your fastest mile. Right. And that's actually really fun for the kids because, like, for a lot of them, it's the first time they've had to really be determined and, like, focus and get to the goal. A lot of times they get on the treadmill and they're kind of playing. They want to hang onto the handles and step to the side and do all this. And this is, like, you'll see their parents there, and it's usually a dad, but going, oh, no, no, you can't touch that. Let's go. Like, come on. Now you to split this thing. And you're just like, <laughs> like, okay, there's seven. But actually our <laughs> the fastest kid on the uh, treadmill, uh, Jamison Ping, who is seven, uh, ran the mile in six something. Say what? Like, his little legs were like just. If you see the video, it's on the, our it's Facebook like, page. Go check it out. His little legs are just like it's flying. Like Flintstone, right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it was in the car. Amazing <laughs> when you saw it. Um, and then there's one in the in the industry, if you will, down at the outdoor retail trade show. There's this uh, one they always do called uh, 15 for 15, or it's the uphill challenge. But you run for 15 minutes at a 15 percent incline, <sighs> and you pick the speed, and you see how far. Right. You can go. And that's actually a good one because, you know, it's bite size. Like 15 minutes at 15 degrees hurts if you're really running. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, reasonable. Like, you know, you're going to be off that in thing 15 in, in 15 minutes. <laughs> and like you before you know it, you kind of get there. But the one that you saw and the one that's and this is funny. We were not promoting this. This is people took it upon themselves recently just to get fired up and get the treadmills. But um, we have one called the Mountain Master, which is a. Uh, Run for 45 minutes and see how much total vertical gain you can get. 45 minutes 45 in the minutes. shop. In the shop, staring at a wall, <laughs> like on two <laughs> treadmills side by side. And, you know, it's not, you know, I was thinking about it. Like, if we do this in the summer, we got to f- just roll the treadmills outside. Yeah. So at least you can be outside see and get some mountain, air and right. see the mountain. <laughs> Here you're staring at a white wall, which adds to the pain Listening factor. Listening to Adele or something on yeah. the stairs. Well, you need to get <laughs> yeah. one of the, that, that picture of the kitten that's just holding on and says, hang in there, champ. Something <laughs> oh, like that. Well, it's crazy, too, is like, uh, I don't know what happened, but. In the last 48 hours or 72 hours, like one of our guys, Danny Conley, goes, hey, is it all right if I come in and use the mill? I want to take another crack at, you know, that. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. So I put a post up. And the next thing you know, I get start receiving text messages. Hey, you know, uh, Dominic Layfield, Pete Stone, John Trivia, these are all locals. They're all, they're coming in to like run on this thing. And sure enough, they all show up in force. <laughs> and then now we got more people showing up because uh, John Trivia is our new mountain master. He got... Uh, 4,049 feet in 45 minutes oh on a treadmill. Gosh, that's amazing. Had it at 20% incline <laughs> the entire time and ran it at, I think it was about the equivalent of um, kind of a 12-minute mile pace or something right. like that. Wow. Uh, yeah, it used to be like when this first started, what was cool about that event was that you would have different ways or approaches. Like the first person in with Matthew Van Horn, he had set the record and he put it at 20% incline and just kind of stayed steady on it. Danny Conley, who I'd mentioned, he'd come in and he's a fast, you know, road marathoner. So he thought he'd go lower angle and just run fast. And, you know, he didn't get what he wanted out of it. So, uh, and then Gentleman uh, Eaton was the second one uh, or third. And Gentleman power hiked it. And, like, as an example, when Gentleman was power hiking at a 20% incline, she was getting a foot every second. So 10 feet every 10 seconds. Wow. But when she needed a break, she'd lower the angle a little bit and go to a run. So, like, Oh, gotcha. As a, yeah, as a strategy. A, yeah, and as a spectator, you'd look at it, and when she was running, you'd say, oh, man, she looks great. Like, she's really moving along there. But um, what we noticed was she was getting seven feet for every 10 seconds when she did that. So I think most of them, if they could, 
they'd have the incline at 30 or 40 percent of power hike just saying, right. go for it just go for vertical game but so we have a bunch of those and they really are you know just meant to be fun i mean it's like us with our big mac mile we did recently like oh. we're 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 not really taking all this like too terribly serious right. and uh, oh. if people want to show up and throw down that's great we literally have kids that you know do it and we'll keep concocting, you know, uh, new, new challenges. I, I would say the one thing I think that's super cool about treadmill challenges, though, overall, um, if, if within reason, you know, it's, it could be hard to run on those things, right? But um, you can do it any place in the world. Like, really, you don't – it's the kind of fun thing is any one of these challenges we created, if someone else someplace wanted to – See what they could do. See what they could do or take it on, it, it transfers, like, perfectly. So right. That's yeah. one I'll probably skip on my to-do list yeah. is the 45 minutes on a treadmill on a – see how high i can get i'd probably end up with like burns on the knees is oh, falling down rough when that happens. and i was thinking back to your challenge earlier about your discount yeah like how good your challenge i would probably end up paying more for stuff because <laughs> uh, that's how poor i would be on some of those challenges i'd be like this is the best seven for not completing the yeah. challenge yeah. Like, this right. is the good. best a negative you know it's yeah, yeah, right. that's where that's where i would be i'd be paying 17 like bucks for a gel under. pack yeah <laughs> we should we should do something like because we have the coffee shop if you walk in here with a starbucks coffee in your hand like you know there's a penalty or something like that there you go yeah oh yeah that'd be awesome no no you know it's funny i mean we only did that one day but it was funny like it was kind of cool to see people uh you know I, I don't know. Like, I didn't know how people would react to it. It was really, that was a lot of gentlemen's idea. She got all fired up on it, and, like, people got fired up on it. You know, yeah. like, you're like, all right, it's something cool. different. It's I a great it, way to, you know, to create that community in your store, right? I mean, it's there. It's bringing everybody here. Yeah. Which is, it's a need, right? Well, and you get them engaged. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I feel like still from a store perspective, like, we have to have the right products, and yep. we have to provide great service. And, like, we do the classics, you know, like, we have a 30-day satisfaction guarantee on the shoes, as an example. So if you come in and we get you all dialed in on the fit, and, you know, you, you make the best decision you can, and sometimes you get out there running, and you know usually pretty quickly that mm -hmm. a shoe's going to work or not work, well, we don't want you stuck with that. So you can bring it back even after you run in it for a month, you know. so we, They're we, all dirty, and you can bring them back. Yep. That's yep. awesome. Dirty, so dirty. Eric and I were just talking about this we, the other we, day. We were talking about it on the trail the other day. Yeah. I tried Eric, some shoes in Eric the past. Eric wants to try some shoes. Yeah, and I've yeah. tried some in the past, a, a certain edition, right. and after two miles heinous blisters oh yeah right and i thought are you kidding me and yeah. uh now there's a new version out that i tried on and it feels super nice but i'm like i don't but. want to get stuck with another 160 dollars in my pocket you know yeah exactly as my lawn mowing yeah. shoes or something and you know the the person at the store and this is a store we have up in ogden and she goes well if you run on the treadmill yeah you can bring them back well eric's like well i don't run on the treadmill right so, right right so that's that's really awesome that you do that i think yeah. that's pretty unique yeah, I, I, you know, it's one of those things like we just were thinking about it like when we were starting and uh, I don't know, you know, it's funny. This is kind of where the idea came from is like Home Depot, you know, it's like uh, this weird thing like when I was doing the demo of the store, right? Like when I'm like, I felt like I lived at Home Depot. I, I thought oh, yeah. I really was a horrible retailer. I was just really good at going to Home Depot and buying stuff. <laughs> but they're, they're like so uh, easy going about the return policy that you're like, yeah, I'll buy some more lumber. Like I'll give it a try. Right. And I'm sure for all the things I've returned in the long run, they're more than made out fine, you know. And oh, yeah. so I was thinking about that with running shoes, you know, and like right now, if you live in Park City, you know, we would uh, tend to either, yeah, I got to go down to Salt Lake and you're going to go hit one of the great stores down there. And there's some great stores in Salt Lake. So you're going to either be down there or you're really what most people do because they don't want to drive down as they'll order online. online. So it's a lot of online shopping up here. And, um, you know, if we're gonna, we really want to give you great service. We want to like really work on the fit. So we spend time with people there and we think that's a reason to come to us opposed to going online. The satisfaction guarantee is also that, you know, like you're not going to be able to go run in a shoe for a month on trail and then send it back to whoever that online, 
you know, a retailer is. And so we want to, we just really want to get you in the right shoe and kind of harkening back to that Home Depot experience. They're always like no hassle about it too. Like it's really easy. makes a huge difference. So that's a really big part for us. You know, uh, we really want this to not be a, like people generally are like, you sure? Like, you know, I I feel really bad or they feel awkward. They feel bad. Or like, no, no, come on. If it's not working, like let us work with you and get you a different shoe. And we, you know, we get them into another shoe, but um, we like to think we have some pretty good shoes here and there's a good selection. And no, there is, for that. sure. In fact, yeah. after this podcast, I'm going to turn into a customer. Yeah, <laughs> He's been chomping at the bit to get into these <laughs> shoes, folks. He's wanting to get into these Hoka's for like at least a month now. Oh, and, yeah. You know, Eric's not a Hoka guy. but I, I Honestly, I'm not. I've yeah. been a Pearl guy ever since I started running. They just have a good fit. I've tried other shoes. They just didn't feel as good, but I did try a pair on that uh, felt pretty cozy. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. That's yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll say, folks. So that's kind of our, um, I don't know, like our some of our key things is, you know, when we talk about community and service and then, you know, things like this uh, return policy that we have. And um, so far, you know, I, I don't think anybody's really ever taken advantage. Of, I mean, they use it, but I don't think we've been taking Take advantage, advantage of it. Right. Yeah, no, it all feels normal or right. And, um, you know, we also then, one of the things you have to do, I think, if you're going to be a specialty, you know, retail store is you have to have inventory. Like, you've got to be able to be in stock. And sure, sometimes we'll sell a size, but, uh, you know, we like to think that we got four other options for you that are equal. And we, you know, we tend to, as a store, we don't really push a brand. Like, at some level, it doesn't matter to us what shoe you buy, right? Like, what matters to us is that you buy the right shoe that fits the best for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we quite often will like to have, like, say, four variations of the exact same thing from different brands so that if someone describes what kind of running they're doing, whether it's road, trail, hybrid, you name it, that we have uh, at least three, four, maybe even five options for that person. And that's what we do. We kind of bring them out and we start working on the fit process. And, you know, once we've kind of... it's we take some of the um, hard work out for the customer in that like they don't have to worry about like how the shoe's made. Uh, we'll tell them a little about it, but yeah. really what we've done is if you describe what you're doing, we'll find those shoes that are good for that use. And then you get to focus on the comfort. The you fitting get to part of on it. the fit. And you know, once we figure out what's working for you, we start dialing in on size and we may adjust. And once we know what you like, then it's easy for us to like say, okay, look, now I can just go grab something for you real quick and narrow right. this down. And uh, and I think that's why even with that return policy that we have, I, even though we it's used fairly regularly, but uh, not as often as you would think. In that, I'd like to think we're getting people in some good shoes. Right. Um, but I think to your experience, like where you ran two miles and then you felt that's I think that's a I've had the same thing happen to me. Like I had a pair of shoes once I was running. I don't even think I made it a mile. I was like, uh oh, like this is not going to be good. But I was determined to like to keep running and see if I could break it in and soften it up. And then, uh, eventually, I had to take them back. Uh, and I was fortunate because remember my past at Solomon. This yeah. was a Solomon shoes, so I was going directly to the source in this mm-hmm. case. And that was yeah. they a just, little bit easier. Yeah, they just gave me another <laughs> pair because you know, they gave me the first pair. I'm like, all right, sweet. Like you know, and it fit great. Like it was like some weird flaw in that one shoe, but I wouldn't have known if I hadn't been out actually using it. You know, and I mm-hmm. would hate to think that I had. Because it was the snow cross, it's the uh, the winter uh, boot. I hate to think that I had spent two hundred dollars on something and then nobody would help me out or something, right. you know. And I was lucky on the one that didn't fit me. What well, I didn't have to buy it. You know, oh yeah, it was like, trying it out. Yeah, I was, was trying like it out. It was kind of like a someone returned or their yeah. shoe. Yeah, so I mean, it was per, it was good on that end, and that's yeah. it's just hard. It's not like stores have a demo fleet. No, you know. <laughs> so, oh yeah. So it's like bringing it back and back to what you're saying is, if you are open and you help these people, they're not. I don't think. 
the tendency to take advantage of that is mm-hmm. harder. It you know, is. it's like, wow, that person did Especially everything. Especially the trail running community. Yeah, it's just, it's, right? it's a little different, yeah. I think, too. I mean, it's different than buying a pair of jeans at Nordstrom's and, you know, is wearing that where you get your jeans? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> After <laughs> I bedazzle them. <laughs> they got all the rhinestones on there. They won't yeah. take them back. He's having a hard time <laughs> sitting right now. He's yeah, sliding off the chair. I am. I did. God, that's why I have these back problems. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Exactly. No, you know, there's, uh, there's I also, I think it's like, you have to look at this in the long run. Like, you can't be thinking about, I mean, it's hard because, like, you're running a business, you worry about day to day, but you're really trying to make the long play. You're trying to, like, right. think, what's it like five years from now? Like, what's going to be like 10 years from now? Like, thinking, you think about a store like this. We're not building the store, creating it uh, for today. We're trying to imagine what's this going to be like 15 years down the road. And there's a whole bunch of other people working here, and I may not even be here at so that point. So what is your you know, long so play like, then? Do you guys try to open up somewhere else? You know, I don't I, I don't know exactly. I think there's a few places. I think there's a few so options. We have a suggestion for you. Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> well, we need we need one up in Ogden. Oh, right. Well, you've had a couple changes up there recently. We there do. We, yeah. we need a store like this in Ogden. And I know the perfect guy to run it for you. <laughs> this guy right here. It happens that because be I'm unemployed. Free, right? That's because you're unemployed <laughs> right now. He's not. He's not unemployed. He's just future employable. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. that I like that. Great sound. way to <laughs> describe it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. We need a local store because we don't have a local store now. I. You know. That's a. You know. And then obviously, we're all talking about a store that we're is sold good to. Too. Yeah. To. Um, you know, a larger group, but I feel like, you know, with the, with especially stores, there's a few ways you're going to go with it. Yeah. I, I mean, it could play out a number of different ways, but you could say, Hey, you're going to become the mini retail empire. And like, in say a park city, we could open three or four stores and it could be different. Like you have an all women's store, you could have an all men's store, you could have an all road store trail. You could right. be, you know, I don't know, we could have a coffee shop by itself. Like you could do things <laughs> that True. could be like the mini retail empire, as I call it. But you could also, I think, in especially retail stores, uh, if you can leverage the business to purchase a property you're in. Right. And then maybe your long-term play is that, you know, uh, your retirement, if you will, is the sale of the building down the road, you right. know. And then you just keep the business cranking along because that's, you know, fun and good. Uh, you could do things like that happened in Ogden where they sold it to a, a conglomerate, a, a finish line, you know, retail specialty group or, mm-hmm. and, and do that kind of thing. Um, but you know, we're really just, we only created the store really for the community. <laughs> so I think we're just getting, as long as community will have us and as long as community, you know, we'll keep coming here. We're just going to keep focusing on taking care of the community. And it'd be interesting to see what that is in 20 years, you know, right. like it will just evolve with whatever the community wants and does and. So, you know, evolve with the type of running that's popular maybe at that point. Well, as we talked about on many episodes, we're Facebook stalkers and we're not totally. close to, I mean, it takes an hour-ish to, an get, hour to, get, to here, get here to say. Park City. So it's not like we've come to the store, participated in the runs, but we can watch them. And that's so right. when you talk about being a part of the community, it is more than evident and obvious that that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, the people you draw here, because, you know, we stalk everybody. We're not, you know, <laughs> equal opportunity stalkers here. That's, that's right. Um, and the people you draw in here and the people that you bring in here are good people. Are. I mean, they're just yeah. neat, genuine people. And, you know, we can name a lot of names, but we won't because it might embarrass them. But, um, and I think you've done, within a year, an amazing job of that oh, with yeah. the stuff you have going on. I mean, you're kind of the talk of the town still. Yeah. Um, people don't feel like they have to endorse it but they do because they have a great experience yeah it's when you walk in the store it's really neat and if you haven't been here you need to come here oh you because have to come here it's the details right and so every every time i look around i notice this new detail right <laughs> there's like you know they got the buckles on the wall and as an ultra runner you're going to know what that's about so immediately you're identifying with the 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 person that owns it and the people that work here and then you you go around the corner and you're like 
oh, there's some there's some bibs right there from uh, Wasatch Steeplechase or from Wasatch 100. And there's another way that you're identifying with the culture of the store. Yeah. And that that's huge, right? I mean, you nailed that. The culture of the store spoke to me immediately when I walk in. Now I want to come back, yeah. right? Even oh, though it's yeah. an hour away, I want to come back. Like, it feels like it's my store now. Yeah, that's why I said if I live closer, I'd be up to the, well, especially now where I'm future employable, I'd be the, <laughs> you know, that's right. slinging, I'm like, hey, sling me another one of those coffees over that's here, right. you know? No, I mean, it's, it's incredibly kind of you guys to say that, and um, it's, it's funny, it's like, that means more to me anyways, uh, by a long shot, I mean, I mean, by a long shot than our sales numbers or any of that kind of thing, you know, it's like, you know, the sales and the business and all that's going to be there, and, you know, you need an economic right to survive, so, you know, right. you, you know, you need the business to work, but, I mean, fundamentally, like, it goes back to what I'm saying. We can just take care of our running community as yeah. runners ourselves. I think we're going to end up okay. And it's funny, you know, the, the store, uh, we kept it kind of clean. Like, we we call it uh, rustic industrial is our oh, uh, sort nice. of take. <laughs> we basically repurposed almost yeah. everything that we could that was here before us. So we still even have in stores, like, some of the, like, the steel and pieces that, that they had. We've built all of our fixtures ourselves. From so that Home way, Depot when you have the next that. store, you can pull it out of the You're storage right. and, and you use it, right? You got those tanning booth uh, glasses because <laughs> I could use a pair of those. Well, I, I will tell you, I'll tell you a slightly <laughs> funny story. So, like, when I first uh, come to check out the space, so uh, a buddy of mine, uh, David uh, Nabbit, owns this uh, center we're in and in, that's kind of what put me over the top in opening the store i was like really thinking about it but you know it i was talking with my friend david and we were talking about restaurants or something in parks i think we were bemoaning the fact that we only have like one breakfast place that's kind of that we could all access and we we're like i can't believe we don't have like just great breakfast, breakfast. places around right. here and, and not to put down the couple that are here i could think of a couple in particular that are pretty good um but you know like we're talking about it. i must have mentioned something that alluded to i'd been looking at commercial space like i probably knew the cost or something like that and you know he looked at me and he was like hey what are you looking at commercial space for and um i kind of sheepishly told him the idea because you know like when you're starting a running store you're not starting the next facebook you know you're not yeah. it's <laughs> not a get rich scheme <laughs> like you know when you do this this has got to be a passion if it's not a passion then you just you should not walk away you know right. it's like it's got to be something you're into but he was great you know and he brought me in here and so we kind of looked at the space and the tanning bed uh, place had just vacated left everything in place so everything was here like and uh, literally at the time, he was like, you want anything? Like, like uh, it, was, it, it was better for him if stuff physically left the space than trying to recoup any kind of money out of it. And there's all this furniture, like leather furniture. And, and he's like, offered it up to everybody. And we, to the person, everybody's like, looking at it, thinking about all these like oily, tanned <laughs> bodies <laughs> off the machines. They're like, yeah, no. I'm pass on <laughs> like, that one. No. So uh, we repurposed what we could. And we didn't <laughs> repurpose everything. Um, Blue light and everything you yeah, got I mean, in the uh, store. But no, I appreciate it. You know, it's um, there's so much more we want to do with it. You know, we have a uh, vision. Now, uh, obviously, on the podcast, you can't see it, but it's got a pretty tall ceiling. It I think does. it's like So was that, when feet. you first walked in, was that open? Or was that kind of hidden from the tanning? It was hidden, but there, if right. this makes sense. So when I first came in, like I have on my computer still, if you see these photos I took of the space when I first walked it, like, they wouldn't mean anything to anybody because you'd look at it and go, that's a silly photo. Like, why am I looking at this rafter? Or, like, what am I looking right. at? And what I was doing was sort of spying the framing, if you will, of the space. And not, right. I was trying to look beyond all the stuff they had built and all the walls and doors and everything in the middle. And I was, like, looking at the height of the ceilings. And if you could imagine the place empty, you go, well, that'd be pretty open and airy. And then right. you're like, wow, you know, like, there's this... This area that we have our shoes in now, we call it, which is usually like center point of any like good, especially run retail store. And those are all these little individual rooms. And so right. we're trying to like, I was looking at the ceiling there because it's like a 15 foot ceiling. I was like, 
oh, it's all clean. It's painted silver. You know, it was like things like that. It was this kind of weird thing, but um, trying to figure it out how we, you know, could create the look in here. And I knew that, um, you know, when you think about living in a mountain town, you got to kind of pay homage to that and cater to it. And so the, the wood and that mm-hmm. kind of feel and some of the color of the wood was already uh, established by that counter that was already in place. We were kind of matching that color scheme. The floor that's in here is a, a cement floor. It was all beat up, still is, but uh, but we kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> we're sort no, of like, you know good. what? We just, in fact, yeah, we're getting ready to strip it down and wax it here again. It'll look really polished. We we're just waiting for all the salt. You know, we keep salting for all the snow out right. there. And so we we're waiting for all that to go away. But um, so we just, we're just trying to build off of what was here. So I could see it, but it was all hidden and there was no lighting in here. So every, the, all the lights you see in the store now we added. Okay. Um, so they didn't really have lights. They had, uh, they were using natural light. They had these couple fans, like wood fans that were hanging from the ceilings. The ceiling's tall enough though, especially on one side of our store. It's like a, a it's like an A-frame split in half and we have half of it. Um, and it flattens out when it gets to one part of the store. Well, there's a tall window, as you can see, if you're here on the back. We want to put a loft in oh, that awesome. kind of oh, comes yeah. out about that. two-thirds out into the store and maybe halfway one direction. We'll change the configuration on the on the ground floor, move the shoe wall forward. We, we're already, like, we're not even a year old. We're still know, we remodeling. Yeah, we're head. remodeling in our heads already. <laughs> we need a little more space, actually, for the uh, coffee shop. I mean, like, one of the things with the coffee shop is... You know, there's funny things that we're purchasing, right? Like, hey, we're a running store. Yes, we're buying espresso grinding machines. You know, those things are 1500 bucks a piece for a grinding machine. Right. My kids, essentially, I mean, uh, not to, like, drop numbers, but, like, an espresso machine, like these industrial espresso machines, that's, like, almost ten grand. you know, in one right. of those things, which my kids think is, like, j- a giant hot chocolate machine, basically, right. you know? <laughs> we do make the best hot chocolate in the world, so I will give us that. But you're, like, you're down buying stuff like a triple sink, you know, and you got to buy things yeah. for the health department and, like, the refrigerator units and, and like... As soon as you add the word commercial to anything like a refrigerator or a sink or something, I swear the price goes up a thousand bucks. It's just like, so, you know, um, it needs a little space. It needs a little bit of room, like in around the sinks and stuff. And Mm -hmm. uh, we'd like to, uh, you know, I think I was uh, telling you guys earlier, and I'm really serious about this. We will add a beer and wine license to this. It's just a question of it's this. (laughs) I wasn't going to bring that up because you said that before we started to put you on the spot. There it is. He threw it out. Well, that's kind of how the coffee shop happened. When I had the idea and I started telling people about it, we weren't committed to it yet at that point, but all of a sudden, like everybody's like got excited. You could tell everybody's excited about the idea of this coffee shop. And I all then I was like, uh oh, I got to do this now. <laughs> like, right. I, I can't back down. So I'm putting the beer and wine out there, as in I don't want to back down from that. Right. I think you know not everybody in our area obviously will consume alcohol and caffeine and stuff, and we got great options for all of the, our friends uh, that don't. Right. Um, but it's certainly a large part of the running community and the vibe and the scene is you know we we like to have some good craft beer and we happen to have a local brewing company, Park City Brewing Company, that started up here about a year ago, and we've been in talks with them about. Uh, bringing their uh, beer in on tap. And so we just got to, like, be willing. You know, we're just trying to, like, get settled in on our first year. So we just got to feel, like, comfortable, like we're ready to jump into that. And we're still taking on things like, oh, I don't know, we just started, like, an official, like, elite-level race team. Uh, we've got now these boot camp-style classes and strong legs and happy hips. And uh, we did yoga in here the other night. So we're not all hardcore. Like, we're definitely talking beer, one. We did yoga. We had 28 people in here. Like, we wow. strip out the stores. I like, was say, I can't where, see where you're going to everything. Everything is on wheels. So oh, everything. I see that. Yeah, yeah. everything is on. Oh, we we went up bought some big fancy casters that oh. are really big so we so can roll it. So that brings up a question. I think, Eric, was, I don't know if you're ready to talk about this or not, but we want to have a movie here. Yes, we do. 
Oh, what kind of movie? Like a you know, one where everybody comes in and kissing yeah. the rock, kissing oh, the rock. So, so well, this would be interesting. So, um, by chance, this is a good opportunity. My wife happens to be the executive director of the Park City Film Series. Oh wow! And so we put on a movie here. We did the Barkley Marathons. Yeah, film. we came. Right, to we it. came. Yeah, to that, that, right, you guys there? Heinous yeah. snowstorm. Thank you very oh, much. Yeah, yeah that's that was right. good fun driving home. <laughs> so, so point being, we always have access to a pretty big theater and right. equipment. And if we want to do it in the store, like if we think like kissing the rock would be a, a more intimate crowd like that. Uh, yeah, it's easy to do here, actually. Because yeah. Yeah, that's not a very long movie. It's How long 22 is it? minutes. So is Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt Trappy yeah. just uh, messaged me, and he oh. wants me, he's like, hey, I want you to do one on the Wasatch Front, because yeah. I brought so we got uh, the Running right, the We kind of had the first dibs on it. Well, so we like, contacted my wife as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're like, 22 would be short. You'd have to yeah, do like, uh, right? like almost like a mini festival or something. Well, we were right. thinking about doing like a 22-minute showing and then having a couple hard rock veterans come in for Q&A. And we've got a lot of those here. Yeah, we do. Oh, we can totally do that here. Like, yeah, no, we got access to all the equipment. And, um, you know, that's the nice thing is we just, we literally did go buy these like really big oversized casters so that um, we can just roll, roll stuff away. Out. And it's a cement floor. Yeah. So it's like two seconds. It's like we just push everything back. The store is empty. We had actually, a, uh, you know, this is an irony uh, given that Steven, who we talked about earlier, was at the class. But we did an avalanche safety awareness class here. Right. You know, that was interesting. We had like 28 people or 27 people in here for that. I mean. Uh, it's really nice. Like we, we we have space, and the way I look at it, it's like here, you know. So use like it. anytime, yeah, just use right? it. Like there's no reason for it to sit around. Um, but yeah, so we'd love to do that. Yeah, well, know? it's it's an awesome space for sure. It is, and we'll explore even even more of it when it's over. But yep. we're we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, because we come back, we want to talk to you a little bit because you've got a little uh, meat on your schedule this year. So we yeah. want to talk to you about the non-business part of running <laughs> um, to get to know a little bit. All right, so, uh, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Jim Skaggs, and you are listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. So again, we are at Park City Running Company today. This is our second interview. Uh, so today we're talking to the owner. And, Candice, you've got big race coming up. Western States. Yep. Got right. into Western States. I, I My lottery luck usually does not work well for me, but this year I, I so got So how lucky. many times did you put in before you actually got in? So, I mean, that's this is really lucky. This is only my third time. That is good. And when you look at, um, if I remember right, and I think this is pretty close. So I'm, if I'm off, it's only going to be by a little bit. But if you have, uh, if it's your first time entering Western this year, you had like a 2.8% chance of getting in. I mean, just right. this ridiculously... Small number. And for anyone who doesn't know, like uh, you enter the first year, you get one ticket in a raffle. The second year, you get two. Third right. year, you get four. And it, it keeps doubling. And, and the theory being, at some point, you're going to have so many tickets, you know, you're going to have to get drawn. Finally draw your name. So uh, this is my third year. And um, I had a 13% chance of getting in. And last year, I entered 500s and I got in a one, you know, the five oh that I'd goodness. entered. And I, and I ran some more races. I ran a lot of races last year. Not so much last year, but I ran a bunch. But of five, I only got in a one. So I don't think of myself as someone who's got good lottery luck. So right. you probably stay out of Vegas and places where the, the odds are not going to be in your favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think of myself as an unlucky person. I just don't do well in, like, you know, race. even, like, last year, one of the races, of uh, the races, I mean, I admittedly, I tried to get into some kind of more difficult races to get into, but one of them, UTMB, I thought would have been pretty easy, and that it's such a massive race. I'm like, oh, there's got to be a ton of slots, you know? And I didn't get into that one. That one, I was like, really? Like, I didn't get into there? <laughs> but fortunately, last year, I got into Wasatch, and so I did have a, you know, a race that's very obviously close to us and special, and so I did have a great race out of that. But, right on. yeah, it was interesting. So so you've done, you know, races like the Bryce 100, Speed Goat, the Bear, Wasatch. This year, you mentioned earlier, you're going to Gorge Falls. 
Yep. So 100K. Yeah, be my first time. Really excited about that. And then after that, you're doing Miwok. Yeah, 100K. Part of my training plan for Western is this sort of series of races that I've got coming up. And see, that's that's what I was going to ask you because you look at your race schedule, and it looks like you're like setting your schedule up for Western. I mean, yep. most people get into Western. Hey, that's my my A race. That's my focus race. So is that how you're preparing? Are you preparing mainly via these races, or do you do a lot? Because you're here a lot, probably for work. I mean, you know. yeah, no, it's you know, you open a running store and you don't get to run as much yeah. as you think, yeah, or as much as you would. Um, yeah, it's a little of both. So um, I won't bore you with all the details, but Western has got a, a special uh, place for me, um, and it goes back to it's like 2002. I was commuting to work uh, on my motorcycle. This is out in uh, San Francisco area. I was like right out in front of Berkeley on Highway 80. So Highway 80, but out in uh, Berkeley. And a steel pipe comes off a contractor's truck in front of me. And I'm, uh, I kind of dodge it and just sort of miss. And this pipe at about, I don't know, 55 miles per hour goes through my right knee like a oh, direct man. impact. And so it's about as ugly as you might imagine, right? Like it's, I'm lucky I don't go down. It's like its own story and like, you know, just not crashing in rush hour traffic and essentially drove the next few miles to work with my leg dangling off and because uh, I couldn't uh, I basically couldn't get help I couldn't stop there was no none of the traffic was stopping or anything so fast forward a little bit to the time I'm in the hospital and uh, I'm in the ER and stuff and I, sh- I should like to just go on records apologizing to my mother right now there is a <laughs> point when uh, she calls I'm, I'm like at this point I'm pretty doped up on morphine like I'm at the hospital like I'm not really in too much stress so I'm just sort of dealing with this which to me isn't much other than laying in bed and just watching them clean up and take care of me. But my mother calls, <laughs> and uh, and this is the one little quick story because I just want to, you know, going back to me apologizing. I'm like, that's ah, no big deal. Like I'm okay, you know. Like and they haven't even taken X-rays yet. You know, I'll give you a call afterwards. I basically am just trying to like put her at ease, right? And uh, by the time all this is done, like I'm I'm just out of it. And so um, she calls a friend of mine at the time, and this friend calls my mother back. He's like, well, look. Um, I found out that Canis is off to surgery, but uh, they think they may have to amputate his leg. <laughs> so wow. my mother goes for me going like, ah, it's really, look, I haven't even had an x-ray. It's okay. <laughs> no big deal. I'm maybe out of here like in a couple wound. hours. Totally. Merely a flesh wound. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what are you going to do? Bleed on me? Um, which is about all I was good for at the time. And uh, so I still have that piece of paper where I actually had to sign for the amputation and stuff. And obviously they oh didn't take gosh. me to do that. But uh, it was pretty messed up. I mean, it took like, I've had five surgeries or something on that knee and... A good buddy of mine um, that I, I've known for uh, quite a few years, Topher Gaylord. Yeah. Back when Toph uh, ran his first Western States, and we all worked in the North Face together. And so I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't really know what ultra running was. I didn't know what Western was. It wasn't on my radar so much. I was really just living a diehard climber's lifestyle. You know, that's all I was focused on. And I ran all the time still because I've always been a runner, but also just trail running, mountain running, you know, mm-hmm. more like... It wasn't just fitness. It was exploration, probably. You know, right. it was more like I was just running around the mountains to run around the mountains kind of thing. And um, and, and stay fit, obviously, at the same time and uh, that kind of thing. But Toph went off to run Western States. And he was like, I didn't know anything about it, but he was all set on this idea of running this 100 miles in under 24 hours, which just seemed like really out there, right? You know, like, you know, think about anybody when they first even hear about a 100-mile run, they're like, what? <laughs> like, how many days does that take you? Yeah. Stage race? You drive it? <laughs> you drive. You and run the whole so, thing? Um, See, fast forward, uh, you know, and he did. That that first year, he, he got his buckle and is super psyched. And now Toph's obviously a phenomenal runner, and people in the circle certainly know him. But, um, but so that was kind of like the, the first 
bit of awareness I had to ultra running and, and what was going on. And then uh, this knee thing happens and then I'm kind of working through it. And like literally my first goal I set after this accident was I was just wanting to be able to stand up and take a shower. Mm-hmm. It took me like a month before I could stand. Cause as soon as I would stand, my leg would just balloon up and swell and everything. And it, it was, you know, just like any of these stories, it just took a long time to get to where I could walk together again. And then, the first time I ran a mile on a treadmill was actually at a physical therapist's office. And my leg went, my leg still doesn't bend all the way as a result of this. Um, and I still have pain and, you know, some numbness and whatnot. But, um, you know, I just I was in a ball of sweat. Like, I ran a mile on a treadmill, <laughs> and you would have thought I just finished 100 miles. I was, like, <laughs> gone. And, uh, and then fast forward out here, uh, you know, now we're in 2007-ish, you know, and a friend of uh, my wife's. Uh, Jean is coming out, and Jean Coulter, and she's running uh, Wasatch 100 for the first time, and she asked if I'd pace her, and which is funny when you look back on it, because I had no business pacing her. I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. I'd never been like on these ultra runs, and that was my first exposure, you know, to the scene, right? And I paced her the last 25 miles. I paced oh. her from Brighton over to um, the old finish, if you will. Right. Yeah. And so um, you got thrown in the deep end. Yeah, yeah, but it, which is a probably if. It, for anybody out there that's going to pace somebody their first time, and if they're rather new, the last 25 is your best uh, section to pace in that they're probably going to move their slowest, right? <laughs> you know, so like, but they're going to need maybe the most help. Well, that's what right? happened. Psycho- that's ex- psychologically, oh physically, they need the most help. Yeah, you're so on it. Like, that's yeah. exactly what happened. So she's running strong when I see her at uh, Big Mountain Pass. She's yep. running strong ahead of course when we see her at Lambs. Right. And so I go over to Brian, and I'm like kind of ready, and I'm like there about an hour. I'm ready to go basically about an hour before she's supposed to be in just you know to be ready i don't even know what ready is actually i just basically <laughs> in my clothes you're you just know. there bouncing off the walls cold ready to go right yeah, yeah at the morgue you know yep. i don't even know it's called the morgue like i don't yep. know enough to know that this is the morgue that i'm at you know i'm like what is going on here and i'm just seeing this little scene and i'm checking it out and Jean uh, is late she's like an hour or two late she shows up and she uh gene i apologize if you listen to this and you hear the story but uh it's an inspirational part of the story and it's what got me like this sort of tof story and this gene story what got me into this ultra running, but I knew things were kind of bad for her because she grabbed a clipboard off a table with maybe two sheets of paper, crawled under one of the tables and used the clipboard as a pillow. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh man, like if that if that clipboard looks like a pillow right now, she's uh, she's hurting for sure. And well, look uh, who just came in. Oh, here we go, Jenlyn's in the she's house. Gentlemen, she's got a rock. She's carrying a rock. That's she, the first why thing are you I carrying noticed. a rock? Oh. oh, that's nice. not just any rock, folks. No, no, no. Big horn first I think place. she's bringing in trophies here. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. So that's another good little element to add to the store, right? <laughs> yeah. You can bring your belt buckles here and we display them for you. And like we, we will uh, we're, we'll take anybody's trophies. Actually, they're, they're, if you do ever do this, they're yours. We put your name on them and stuff and you can pick them up at any time. But I just got a cool one from Sears <laughs> the other day. I'll bring by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We actually had a woman try to buy one one day. She's like, how much are course, these? Yeah, right? I'm like, well, you got to run 100 miles. She goes, oh, forget that. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, I'll just uh, keep that story quick. Gene and I uh, leave, uh, Brian. It takes a lot. And there's actually a woman, uh, I, I don't know her real name, Gene uh, Wood, but uh, I know her nickname became the Wasatch Whisperer after this because huh. she managed to talk Gene into leaving. Like, Gene was like, no, I'm not going, I'm not going. And so I, I head out the door with her, and I'm like, I don't even know the course. That's what's crazy. Like, I don't even know how to leave. <laughs> so which way do we go? Literally. I, 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 I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to get us lost. Like, I, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm thinking, like, there must be ribbons on trees or something. 
something. And that's literally how we found our way to the finish. Like, I remember when we got to the paved road at the very end, I didn't know to go right or left. And it wasn't, like, <laughs> marked. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to screw this up now. Yeah. <laughs> but, so what happens is we're climbing up out of Brighton. And Gene, obviously, is really wanted to finish. You know, it's not like you can force someone to finish 100 miles. And so she's out there on her own. But it's taken a good bit of motivation to get her going. She, we're now, like, passing people that are plopped down on the trail like that are just like done for and then that's kind of making her think she wants to stop and i'm just focusing on look you know what because i don't like i said i don't know the course and it's dark so i can't see it i've never run this uh obviously now i've done it so many times it's kind of comical to look back on it but um but i'm just saying i know i'm going we're going up something so i'm like look let's just get to the top (laughs) when we get to the top (laughs) if you want to come back down i'll come back down with you like i'll do that but it's just, but why do I have to go to the top to decide that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's all That's what everybody is. thinks is on the top of things. Yeah, <laughs> yep. like, we're just going to go up there. And then so, you know, I, kind of as you'd expect, we do. And then once we're up top, Catherine Pass, you know, like, well, if you want to run down a little bit, Gene, I'll go with you down a little ways. And she goes, all right. You know, she's kind of like, just kind of, she's accepting of it, but she's also kind of half in, half out. Right. We're, so we're running down. We're getting down. But, you know, it's a pretty kind of rough trail when you're yeah, when going down, stage going down that knolls is pretty hard that's nasty. Yeah. technical yeah no and it is and you know it's funny it's like you go on a, like a training run you're like flying along it right you know? and even then it's technical but like you yeah, mile whatever that 80-ish. is now 80-ish you know yeah. like it's pretty tough and uh we get down to your aunt Knowles. i think we're probably at the aid station or just before and she says you know what i need you to pull your cell phone out and you got to call someone to pick me up because i'm done <laughs> and so i look at her i said I didn't bring a cell phone. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just you and me. We're going to the finish. It's the only way out of here. And she was so mad, so mad. But by the time we get to pole line, you know, mm-hmm. the sun's starting to come up. Yeah. And I think they had some sausage. I'm doing everything I can just to run ahead and get food and back and forth. She starts getting a little pep in her step. And now we're kind of like moving around. We're getting over. I just remember like seeing Tipanogos when we uh, were, mm-hmm. uh, there used to be an aid station uh, in route to uh, the dive and the plunge. They mm-hmm. used to keep one up there, and uh, which I was blown away by. I, I, like I said, I didn't know anything about the course. And I'm like, well, how did they get an aid station out here? You know, it was like incredible. And, uh, and now Gene's going, like, you know, and you get to that point where she knows she's going to finish. And, like, uh, it was incredible. And so we get to the finish line. We roll across. I peel off to the side to let her go through. And my wife looks at me, and she goes, are you crying? <laughs> and I'm like, You're like, no. I'm like, no. And I was like, yeah. I, I've never just run for somebody else. Like, I've never right. had that experience. And to watch Gene push through so many things and to get in there and finish. And I, I forget her finishing time, but it's like 28 hours. Like, oh, wow. I mean, she still has like a solid. great finish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like all that suffering and everything was delaying her from what <laughs> would have been probably faster. Like, I mean, she's still like incredibly strong, fit athlete. Yeah. And is, and she's done a couple of Wasatch Ascent and a bunch of other races. But anyways, I know the question was how I get to Western, but it's really kind of these two moments. It's really gotcha. my buddy Topher uh, going off and doing the first time that makes me aware. It's my knee getting all banged up. And then it's, you know, having that experience on the Wasatch. And, um, you know, I just kind of started down my own journey of, um, you know, ultra running, if you will. Like, I decided I had to sign up for uh, Wasatch myself and was fat and out of shape and just, you know, like, decided I got to go do this thing. Had never run an ultra before. So I've never run anything beyond a marathon. I've done lots of long-distance adventure racing, like multi-day, 10-day races. I did a 600-mile adventure race once, which was kind of cool in its own thing. But, uh, but just running you know, 100 miles, it was like crazy talk. I was like, what's that going to be like? And so I signed up, and then um, here we go. So along that path, along that journey, one of the doctors, while I was getting one of my many surgeries, I said, you know, one of these days I want to run 100 miles. I want to run in Western states. 
and he laughed. Like it wasn't uh, like he was trying to be mean about it. He just laughed. Like it was like <laughs> crazy. Yeah, like it was almost like a tough love laugh. Like right. you're not gonna run ten miles, let alone a hundred miles. So for me, going to Western states um, has this other meaning. This is kind of it's not the a circle, right? Yeah, it's not a completion of the journey, maybe, right. but it's a I'm gonna like cross that finish line regardless of what time it takes me or what place right. I come in, and I'm gonna yeah, my knee's still messed up, but I'll feel like I've kind of like gone that full. But you remembered from when that happened to when you crossed the finish line. And I'll be thinking about it the entire time I'm running. Yeah. You know? right. Like I thought about that first time I finished Wasatch, you know, a year, a couple miles out from the finish line when it was at the, you know, it was the first year it was at Soldier Hollow. And so right. you could see it as you're across the golf course. Yep. <laughs> and you're just like, like, you know, it was pretty emotional. Like I'm not an overly emotional person, but, you know, these are a couple of my emotional points. And so I think for me, Western States is that. And uh, the, the schedule you see that I'm racing, you know, a gorge and a Miwok, it's, it's uh, carefully, well, one, there's a lottery uh, yeah. to get into Miwok, so that's right. a bit of luck. But, um, you know, so we've got the Gorge April 2nd, and we have Miwok May 7th, and then you've got Western June 25th. So I purposely have these 100K races a month apart, and then you got about a month and a half before Western States. And then I'm really still working on building my base up because I really have been in the store. I'm, I'm still kind of fat and out of shape. And, um, if I could, in fact, my Wasatch run last year was literally off the couch. I had zero training days going into that thing. I was just really had no business going to the start line. I just felt like since I was healthy and, uh, you know, people would forgive me for a DNF, but they wouldn't forgive me for a DNS. Like, yeah. I, I do not start when you've got a, a coveted spot and you're healthy. It just right. seemed wrong. It ended up being a really great race, actually. <laughs> it went really well for me. Um, and uh, so maybe not training was uh, the secret. The kick, the, that's the secret. Not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. I, don't, uh, I don't see, you know, a lot of that was like if you just mitigate things, you know, the heat sure. and all that stuff, you can kind of move, move along pretty well. But, um, so yeah, so that's kind of my plan. And so I'm still like ramping base up. So right now I'm on a, a program of running six days a week, an hour to two hours a day, um, and not worrying about the distance, but, you know, focusing on just, uh, consistency. I've been picking routes that, you know, a lot of times I'm leading a group run or something and we do that, but when I'm on my own or I'm running, I've been running a lot with my friend Dom, uh, Layfield. And so when Dom and I are running around a lot, I'm trying to pick routes that I can run so I can the hip flexors are moving and my hamstrings. And he's like, you feel like you're running, running. Cause to me, Western is going to be a run. It's going to be a very run. You know, it's a very a different downhill. Yeah. It's right. Such a different style course. Yeah. Right. And the trail itself is, you know, packed and wide and easy to move on. And, right. you know, uh, I mean, at least we'll have to see what, how I feel afterwards. I've never done the, the course before, but I mean, I grew up in that area. So I mean, I kind of know those Hills fairly well, but I don't know these trails. So, Oh, and I signed up for on, um, uh, Memorial Day. I'm going out for the three-day uh, training oh, for run the out there for the Western States. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually that's gonna be really fun. So, you know, that's gonna be cool. Like to go pre-run the course. So I, I, I think I'll have. You know, I'm gonna get my butt kicked here April second and go run this hundred k by me walk. I want to be able to run it pretty quick. Yeah. By the training run, I think at that point I, I'm just scouting the course and checking it out, right. and then that'll roll me up into Western. And, but you know, the hard thing with obviously all this ultra stuff is. Could your stomach turn that day? Does the yeah, heat get right. you? What what happens? You don't know. There's so much out of your control. But I like to think that by the time I get to that start line, I, unlike last year at Wasash, you know, this time I'll go to the start line at least knowing I've put everything into it that I can to, to get ready and then see what happens. Right. So. Well, I don't mean Joel are looking forward to coming back to seeing the buckle on the wall. So yep, I hope you've got sure. a special place picked out for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I think the question will be just. Uh, I kind of feel like, um, you know, barring some crazy thing, like I'm pretty comfortable with the distance now having done a handful of these hundreds. Um, 
so it's really, I think, going to be a kind of a question of time and, like, what right. the experience is. And so I, I am still actually, like, really just focused on the experience, ultimately. Like, I just want to sort of take it all in and kind of move quickly. But I have to say, in some ways, I'm the most nervous about running uh, one of these hundreds for this because I care about how fast I go. Like, I want to take an honest crack at it, uh, given that that's, you know, such a fast course in general. And so, you know, I want to go out there and see what I can do. Nice. I think that's what a lot of people do it for and that's a great course to check it out right i mean it's the big one yeah so. yeah it's amazing to think like how i don't know what it was like actually when Topher did it that first time but that would have been like oh i don't know like 97 98 or something so wow. you know it was a much smaller you yeah. know thing then i don't think they turned people away i don't yeah. think it was a lottery you know it's like <laughs> i don't even i think they still ran in jean shorts back then too. <laughs> yeah right like our guy jesse down there and yeah. uh yeah, yeah, can right. get in trouble um yeah, I don't know. You know, it'd be fun though, but uh, ultimately, you know, I just, uh, you know, how it is in this sport. It's about the people you're with. Yeah. And it, you know, what'd be different though is, you know, when we run around here in Utah, um, like, you know, like you're on course, you see so many people you know. Yeah. You go to an aid station, you roll up, there's your friends that take mm-hmm. care of you, and, you know, stuff like that. This would be a little different because I won't yeah. know anybody. You yeah. know, at all. Well, I mean, we'll know people. Now people yeah. know you, though. Yeah. That should be on the podcast. That's yeah. true. People oh, like, that's right. oh, yeah, I know him. Global icon. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know, look for the guy who's got a face fit for radio, and yeah. then that'll be me right there. <laughs> Well, we, uh, you know, I will just wind down, but we, again, appreciate you letting us uh, yeah. come over and take the store over for a few hours mm-hmm. sitting here and doing some shows and uh, taking the time to meet with us. So, uh, you know, we're always happy to. And, uh, you know, if you want to make that movie happen, let's do it. We'll, we'll get cool. Kissing the Rock on That'd here. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome yeah, to do that. Sweet. So, again, Park City Run Company, don't forget to stop by. There's a lot going on all the time, yep. even on weekends. Uh, a follow lot of great on Facebook. Gear. Yeah, you follow them on Facebook. There's always something going down here. I guarantee yep. you'll... Here you go, and I'll throw out one uh, one secret egg, if you will. Uh-oh. This Sunday at 8 o'clock, we're doing our group run. And Epson, uh, you know, maybe from printers, where they make watches, you know, GPS watches. Mm-hmm. So Epson is the number one brand in Japan. They're kind of like in Japan what Garmin is to us here. We have 60 Epson $300 GPS watches we're giving away to everybody in our group 60? run. 60? Six well, good zero. thing this show doesn't air. When Until this happens, there's maybe no. Joe swing up. Yeah, we're gonna swing back up and <laughs> then let me say this. Come run with us. You never know what's gonna happen. There you go. <laughs> right. I think we'll end with that. So again, Cass, thanks for uh yeah. thanks for uh, Thank letting you. us letting us stay here. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Canis and Park City Running Company for letting us take over the shop for a little bit today. You can check them out at their website at parkcityrunningcompany.com or on Facebook, Park City Running Company. They've got lots of cool things going on up here. It's an amazing store, amazing people up here. Come by, say hi, grab a coffee, support them in Park City here. We want to encourage you all to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Trail Manners. Swing by our website at trailmanners.com. Hit us up on the contact page. Let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you want to be on the show. Don't forget to come say hi at Buffalo Run in just a day or two on Antelope Island. We're going to have Studio 78 set up there for you. Come by, say hi, maybe jump on the show. So until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it. <laughs>